I think that reacts like any organization um, that people count on constantly has to prove itself. Um, they always have to be ready. Um, they are judged by the last challenge that they dealt with. And so, you know, my hope is that uh, reacts, you know, sort of never gets complacent, um, that it is always um, looking over the horizon for what the next challenge may be, um, and that the entirety of the institution, you know, really embraces uh, no matter what happens, we are ready. This is the ORISE Feature Cast, a special edition of Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join your hosts, Michael and Jenna, for conversations with ORISE research program participants and their mentors as they talk about their experiences and how they are helping shape the future of science. Welcome to the ORISE Feature Cast. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another episode of the ORISE Feature Cast. I am Michael Holtz, your host, with my co host, Jenna Harpenau. Jenna, it's Wednesday. It is. <laughs> it's going. It's good. I think I'm finally, I've come to terms that this is my new normal. It's taken like <laughs> right. eight months, but, <laughs> but here I'm are. here. <laughs> here we are. It's normal. Yep. Um, it just is. And we'll be, we'll be doing this for a while. So yeah. thank goodness for Zoom so that we can introduce people to folks like our guest today, who I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, this Dr. is a Mark, new one too. It's a brand new, I know, brand new person. To because, the and it's weird because we've never met the person before, but he's right. one of us now, so. Right. <laughs> and we can see him on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> but we've, yeah, we've never met in person, but that's coming on board to a new organization in the middle of a pandemic, I guess. So um, Dr. Mark Irvin, Welcome to the ORIS feature cast. Oh, well, thank you so much. We're <laughs> glad to have you. You are the new associate director for REACTS. And if I had been thoughtful, <laughs> I would have spelled out what REACTS stands for. <laughs> but um, sure. I well, I can fill that in. It stands in for the Radiation Emergency Assistance Center and Training Site. You passed the test. You can stay. Right. You're good. You <laughs> <laughs> but um, for folks who don't know, and if you know ORISE, it's likely you do know that REACTS is our internationally known kind of treasure. It's like the jewel in the ORISE crown of emergency radiation response. And you have literally just come on board. You've been here weeks at this point, right? Um, as the new associate director. So, Dr. Irvin, his background, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you came from, and all of that good stuff. Thank you. Glad to. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, uh, I'm from Georgia originally, born and raised in the Atlanta area. Um, after uh, college and medical school, started a, uh, what turned out to be a 28 and a half year career in the U.S. Air Force. Um, I'm a, a general surgeon by training um, and have maintained my my clinical practice throughout those entire 28 years, but um, in the process, I've had some really unique opportunities. Um, really the last 12 years, everything I have done has been sort of a first. Um, okay. Either creating a new job. Um, you know, we we've 
new gaps occur where we find that we have a problem that needs to be solved and we don't have a mechanism to do it. And it seems like for the last three years, I mean, the last three assignments, last 12 years, that's kind of been my role. Um, and that's been really exciting. Um, it's an opportunity um, every four or five years to sort of rescope what's important um, and to learn a new skill set and find ways to, to make a difference um, where there was uh, sort of no force to um, before there to make those differences. Um, so I uh, spent, uh, I'm coming from San Antonio uh, where I was the uh, chief of operational medicine at the 59th Medical Wing where uh, we were looking at trying to do those things to be able to project uh, surgical power, if you will, far forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, and in a world where we did not have the support that we have come to expect over the last 20 years. Um, so a very unique set of challenges of how we provide good medicine in bad places. Um, and so, you know, the, before that, um, I was the uh, medical director for en route critical care at Air Mobility Command up in uh, the St. Louis area at Scott Air Force Base. Okay. Um, that was also another unique job where we realized that, um, again, we were going to have to be able to return patients that were critically injured from some very remote areas. Um, and so we built uh, teams and tactics, techniques, and procedures to be able to safely move some brave American soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, our heroes um, that had uh, suffered for their country and bring them home um, with the best and you know, best care available um, and to recover them safely and get them back with their families. So it was a very rewarding field. And then before that, um, I was the, I think I may still be the only Air Force uh, command surgeon for uh, um, a special, a theater special operations command. I was the command surgeon for Special Operations Command Europe, um, which really had a unique opportunity as we worked with our NATO partners to try to lift um, and empower um, our providers, but you know, also our, our combat medics uh, in a number of countries um, to be able to provide the best possible care for their soldiers as well as if needed ours. Um, so a lot of opportunity to engage internationally, um, not only just um, with the teams, but realizing that um, sometimes there were uh, politics and legal mm -hmm. requirements that have been placed um, on these medics. And so the opportunity to interface with different cultures um, different medical cultures to find ways to get to yes and ways to empower their medics um, even if um, there was no other medic in the country was allowed to do things we found ways for them to and so we actually ended up changing result the result was actually changing some laws in foreign countries um, in order to, to to empower them so um, all new things, all different things. Um, you know, they always say you want to do something hard, do it the first time. Uh, I'm a believer in that. Um, but it also, I think, makes me feel uh, you know very comfortable in transitioning into another new for me. Right. Um, you know, thankfully, uh, uh, this is not a first. Um, but it's, uh, I think, it's an opportunity to rapidly spin up and learn. And then to bring some unique, you know, insights and opportunities to try to take reacts into the future. Mm -hmm. So that was a very impressive list of accomplishments and, and previous <laughs> positions. So, um, I mean, it sounds, all of your work has sounded very exciting, um, very fast paced, very, you know, forward moving. What excites you about REACTS? When you saw this position, when you were offered this job, what made you say, yes, I, I would like to go there and work with that team? Well, I mean, I think um, two things. One, uh, the mission 
Um, and, you know, I think uh, it's always nice when a group of individuals have a common goal, a common site picture, um, and a, a common drive uh, in order to accomplish a, a singular mission. Um, and REACT really does have that. Um, you know, it has um, a, a focal channel of, um, you know, mission set, mission requirements for it. Um, its job is to, you know, to provide medical advice and emergency response and consultation, as well as some, you know, cytogenic dose assessment. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to respond to humans um, who have potentially been injured by some sort of engagement with uh, a nuclear um, or radiation source. Mm -hmm. um, and so that common driver of taking care of people that need help um, and they have unique injuries um, that are not seen by the vast majority of providers either here in the United States or internationally. And so being able to be that counted on 24 seven, 365 resource that uh, when a provider anywhere across you know, the world, but particularly within the US, doesn't know what to do, they can call a phone number and they can get answers and they can get help. Um, and so, I mean, it, as always, it's about the patient. Um, you know, um, they say the, the key to caring for patients is caring about patients. Um, and I think, um, you know, that really showed up um, in my interview process, as well as just sort of understanding not only the mission, but the incredible group of, of, of experts and, and just really wonderful human beings that are part of the REACTS program. And you know, the second piece that I think, you know, the mission is important. The, the second is the challenge. Um, you know, um, the, uh, I mean, radiation materials are not getting any less common. Um, there are increased threats um, just by having more of the material around as well as unfortunately some, um, you know, criminal elements that could try to do things. And, you know, there are days where either a community or our country um, is going to need help. Um, they're going to need experts that are going to guide them uh, in a way to, to deal with a, a catastrophic event, whether that catastrophic event is local or national. Um, and I'm really excited about having the opportunity to be there when needed. Um, you know, I have 28 years plus in the military. Um, I believe in service. I believe in service to my country, and I believe um, as strongly into service to those people that have entrusted their medical care and their health care to me. So, on both both room, you know, both factors, um, I think Reacts is an incredibly rewarding opportunity for me over the next few years. Great. Um, you talked about how your career has sort of been marked by all of these firsts and new and you know, positions sort of created, you know, as you were doing the work, essentially. Um, I have to imagine that this is the first time you've started a job in the midst of a pandemic. Um, okay. <laughs> yes, that would, that would be true. That's the first time. <laughs> how, how um, what's it like starting a job as the associate director for an organization like Reacts, when A, you're in San Antonio, <laughs> you're staying in San Antonio, at least for the time being, um, but having to basically meet everyone remotely as we have today. Sure. Yeah, we uh, 
often talk about a new job um, trying to learn all the uh, the the task and policies and politics that go along with it is sort of drinking from a fire hose. Um, and it's, it's the same doing it in a pandemic. Um, it's just the fire hose is a, a, a really, really long one. Um, <laughs> I think that the, it's been, um, it has been interesting. I think there are advantages and disadvantages. Obviously nobody wants the pandemic to be um, happening, sure. but um, it has given me a little more of an opportunity to sort of step one toe at a time into the, into understanding um, things. I think it has um, allowed, um, you know, the, the leadership to be able to um, sort of foot stomp the key issues to learn. And so as opposed to having to sift through some of the static to find the pearls, they've been presented a little bit quicker and faster and allow me to focus on them. Um, it does give a little bit more opportunity to um, um, sort of understand the political landscape um, and the, the policy landscape. Um, that you know, if you're on site immediately, you're engulfed in the next, you know, in week two, that they're asking you to make um, decisions about things you don't know about here. At least there seems to be like, well, you're not here, so we don't make this decision. So it's um, that part of it, I think, has been um, been helpful and less stressful. Um, I uh, the, the downside is that I really enjoy looking at individuals eye to eye. I enjoy hearing, um, you know, hearing the tone um, that they use when they talk about different subjects and you're able, I enjoy sort of learning the passion um, that they have for, for things. Um, and a lot of that you gain in the downtime, um, in right. the time that's not deemed um, super productive. Um, you know, when we all have to knock out a spreadsheet or we have to finish a PowerPoint, yes, we're being productive, but we don't learn about each other. We don't learn what, uh, what makes people happy, what makes them sad. Um, what they, how they view success, um, how they view um, their role in the institution. You get that from some of the um, off time and the downtime. Um, like the military taught me, you know, obviously in the military, when they deploy, they, you're out for a long time and you have one task and you're there for two weeks and that task takes five minutes and then you're done. You get a lot of opportunity to sort of learn about the people you work with. And I think that really helps as you um, try to lead in the future, understanding uh, where where people's uh, strengths are, where their um, challenges are, um, where what excites them, and what they really are fine if somebody else does. Great. Um, what are what are your hopes for Reacts? And again, realizing your brand spanking new. <laughs> you're still figuring things out um you know there's and i know there's a lot to learn um i've been with the organization for three years and there's still a lot to learn so um what are your hopes for reacts in the future well um i think part of the hope is sort of that they maintain their current presence but that's a minor hope um i think that reacts like any organization um, that people count on constantly has to prove itself. Um, they always have to be ready. Um, they are judged by the last challenge that they dealt with. And so, you know, my hope is that uh, reacts, you know, sort of never gets complacent, um, that it is always um, looking over the horizon for what the next challenge may be. Um, 
and that the entirety of the institution, you know, really embraces a, no matter what happens, we are ready, whether it's from training, whether it's from knowledge, whether it is exploring new opportunities, new possibilities, whether it's through advancing science, um, whether it's supporting research or performing the research themselves. Um, you know, it is, I, I hope that uh, REACTS is already at the top of the mountain waiting for the rest of the crew to come. Um, you know, I, um, you know, one of my, in, in some of my roles with leadership, you know, my goal was always to, when they had a question, I had the answer. Um, and if possible, I'd like to send them the answer before they asked me the question. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hope that REACTS is able to continue to do that. Um, and, um, so far, I've seen a reason why that won't happen. They have done that. Um, and I just want that sort of drive and that professionalism and that sort of sense of uh, duty and, and sort of honor to serve um, continues. Um, and I think if, if those underlying themes um, continue and reacts, you know, whatever the challenge is, we'll be ready for it. And whatever the, um, you know, the next task, we'll do it twice as good as anybody else. Um, so that's, you know, that's probably my hope for reacts. Um, you know, there's a, there's a saying that no one cares how much you know, until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I hope that uh, reacts is always known as, you know, an organization that cares and by the way, they know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, um, one of the things that um, really impressed me with Reacts um, is what we in, in, in my prior uh, life talked about as quiet professionals. Um, I spent a number of years working in special operations, um, and I had the opportunity to meet some incredibly smart, talented, athletic, brave heroes. Um, on all, you know, on all the services that work there. And universally, the one thing that was common with them is that they just, no one needed to tell them that they were doing the right thing and that they were good. Um, you know, they were, they took internally the professionalism that need, was needed to accomplish their mission and they didn't need to brag and they didn't need somebody to come by and tell them that they were heroes. Um, you know, the, uh, I, I see that in reacts. Um, you know, really a very humble group of, of individuals that every time they open their mouths, they amaze me <laughs> with the knowledge and the foresight that, uh, um, you know, they have. Um, but, you know, it's not, um, it's not showboating. It's not putting fancy banners out and flagging them down the street. It's we're here to do our job and we're going to do it an amazing job. Um, and then we're going to walk away and get ready for the next job. Somebody else can have the party. Mm -hmm. um, that's um, that really is a, a unique um, thing to find in, in our culture. Um, you know, true professionals that are you know all about doing the job um, and not all about getting credit for it. Thank you for that. It's a great team. Um, it is. Jen and I have had the opportunity to, I think, work with everybody. Yeah. Um, certainly, when we do. Um, drills with <laughs> when we do exercises we get to play reporters yep. um, when they um, do exercises around accidents and bringing people to the hospital and that sort of thing and so um, 
we always have a good time helping them out with the public information aspect of <laughs> of those events so and i think um, we learn something new every time we're there too <laughs> absolutely i think we do um and especially when we sit through the the debrief that happens after after those drills but even just popping over for a visit and we learn so much about what they're doing and again it's because they're Dr. Iddens and the rest of the team are very humble about the work that they do. They just, yeah. they do it. And it's, they're just there doing their work. And we love to talk about it when we can. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you're not working, Dr. Irvin, what do you like to do? Well, um, you know, I, it seems like I'm always working. <laughs> but you know i i think when i'm not working i just sort of enjoy golf engaging in things that aren't me um you know um you know what brings me in joy in life um and you know at one point i thought you know success brings me joy but in a different way um i love watching my oldest daughter you know adult and be <laughs> on her own and carving her own pathway in life. Um, I love every time my son takes on a new challenge, whether in athletics or academics and succeeds in ways that amaze me. Um, I love when my daughter um, does something new for the first time, terrified beforehand and ecstatic and almost overconfident afterwards. Um, I, you know, I love when my wife um, takes a vision and turns it into a reality. Um, she's able to convert something that she sees in her head into something that's beautiful and wonderful. I love when a, a resident for the first time feels confident doing a surgical procedure. And probably, you know, in many ways, I love any time a team comes together with a common purpose and succeeds. So I enjoy what gives me joy um, is watching people succeed awesome. um, and uh, you know there's so many different aspects whether it's watching you know uh, professional sports college sports whether it's watching a group of kids come together and build something whether it's a you know boy scouts coming together to you know to build a trail through the woods um or you know whether it's a neighborhood committee coming together to um you know improve the community um, that brings me joy. Um, you know, what do I do in my spare time? A lot of times it's just, uh, I enjoy not doing anything. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, growing up, I love to go fishing okay. and, um, you know, I would three or four times a week, I would carry my pole a half mile down the street to the pond and go fishing. And uh, for a couple of my friends started wanting to come. And so they came and it took them like three or four trips to realize that I wasn't putting any bait on the hook. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw the bobber out into the middle of the pond. You know, maybe I might snag something if it swam too close to the hook. But I, I, I truly, you know, enjoyed the opportunity to be out in nature. Um, to be sort of engulfed in, in all that's wonderful and beautiful and, and unique in the world, um, to have a little peace um, and, and to have a time where I'm not driven to do a particular task. 
And so, um, you know, I, I do enjoy, um, you know, tinkering, but uh, other than spending time, um, you know, with my, my children and my wife and my family, um, you know, I don't have any major hobbies other than okay. whatever that hobby is of doing nothing. <laughs> You've been very busy, so I could see how, you know, striving to do nothing is a big thing. It's a big thing. <laughs> I love the Zen of fishing without bait. <laughs> That's cool. Well, it, you know, if something were to jump on, I'd have to do something. And that would, <laughs> right. Right. what I, and who what I was that? really getting. Did it surprise you? Did it ever happen? And you're like, how did this happen? <laughs> it, it did happen once. Um, I, I stopped putting treble hooks on when that happened because I did excellent. <laughs> But, uh, you know, growing up, I used to, you know, go for runs um, with no real path or plan. I, I like cross country and I just would follow whatever path. And there have been admittedly a few times where before the days of GPS, I said, now, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I do think it's important, um, particularly um, uh, when you are busy at, at work, um, to have some sort of a technique to be able to leave that at work um, and it's hard um, you know it's one of the things with our remote working is that it's to open the door and be home um, is a little bit tougher than when it was a 25 30 minute commute and during that time you went from you know tensed out tensed up from the day and still trying to finish the last things remember the things you forgot to do um, by the time you got home you could you know be free of that and could right. enter the house you know uh, without excess baggage yep. um, so um, in the in the realm of uh, COVID working remote I take a lot of bike rides I go for walks around the neighborhood um, sometimes just go out back and pick up sticks um, and you know those sort of things to diffuse and and to be able to come back in and not be at work but to mm -hmm. be home I yep. like that because it's hard I mean it is difficult when you're are you working from home or are you living at work right so right <laughs> I, I love the notion of being able to like take a break and step away to do whatever that is whatever that thing is that helps you step away for a little bit and then come back and hopefully the computer's not on and <laughs> staring you in the face and all of those things dr Irvin, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that we let people know about I don't think so. Just uh, I'm really excited to be joining the REACTS team. Um, I, um, like everybody, wish that uh, COVID uh, was not here um, and would have been able to speed the my introduction. Um, I think the one piece that I do feel saddest about um, because of the working relationship or, or you know, physical relationship is I had hoped when I came on board at REACTS to be able to visit um, with all the other branches of ORISE as well as engage with the, the Oak Ridge Valley University's community as well as the Oak Ridge community. Um, and I, I am somewhat sad that um, I really haven't had the opportunity. I am a bit of a knock on the door. How are you doing? Tell me about your job kind of person. Um, and, you know, Zoom is not uh, the, the best mechanism for doing that, particularly yeah. cold. Um, so that's the, I think that's the one piece that um, was probably even if there's one most different 
um, about the way I'm I'm onboarding compared to what I would like. That's the one piece is that it's going to take me longer to understand and um, see how uh, Reacts really fully integrates into the whole Arise and, and, and larger community. And so I will continue to try to make that happen. And if it has to wait until uh, the red flags are down and we have green flags. Um, right. So well, we look forward to the day that you can come knocking on our cube doors, yeah. our cube walls <laughs> to let us know that you're on site. Yep. Well, yeah, you, you say that you say that today, but you know, <laughs> the third time I knock was a wonderful concept about this is exactly what you need to have your next podcast on. You'll probably change the key combination. On your board. <laughs> we'll have a warning system. He's coming. He's coming. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We really appreciate uh, you taking the time to join us today and just kind of giving us some insight on you and and on your new position and. We're excited. We're excited to have you. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for the support for REACTS and the mission. Um, you know, as I said, it's a it's a quiet professional organization, um, but they do great work. Um, and I think they really are a national asset. Um, and thank you for the support. And sometimes it's uh, it's nice to have someone bragging about you, even if you're not doing it yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the O-Rise Feature Cast. To learn more about the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education, visit orise.orau.gov or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at O-Rise Connect.